The Playful Psychologist podcast is hosted by me, Emily Hanlon, a clinical psychologist who primarily works with children and adolescents. This podcast has been designed to offer support to new psychologists who may feel as though they are drowning in uncertainty. It has also been designed to inform and educate parents and teachers on all things child development. Along with some special guests, I explore different aspects of child development, including developmental disorders and emotional regulation, while also advocating for those who may be falling through the cracks in our current system. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of The Playful Psychologist. Today, I want to talk about cognitive restructuring, which is, I guess, a part of CBT therapy. So I just want to go through kind of like what cognitive restructuring is, how you could use it, um, and the steps that you could go to to use it and then I'll I guess I'll just summarize the key points at the end. So there are eight steps that I'm going to go through when it comes to um, cognitive restructuring. This is definitely something that you can do with a therapist or something that you can you know mindfully do with yourself at home if you are an adult. So what is cognitive restructuring? Cognitive restructuring is a useful technique for understanding unhappy feelings and moods and for challenging the sometimes, you know, quote unquote, wrong automatic thoughts or beliefs that lie um, behind those moods. So as such, you can use it to sort of reframe the unnecessary negative thoughts um, that you have from time to time. Because when it comes to like our moods and stuff, obviously bad moods are unpleasant. No one really wants to be in a bad mood. Um, Bad moods can reduce the quality of your, you know, work performance or academic performance. They can really undermine our relationships with others, our friendships, our romantic relationships, um, and even, you know, how we interact with our, you know, communities on a day-to-day basis. And cognitive restructuring really helps us change the negative or distorted thinking patterns that often underlies those moods. So as such, it really helps kind of individuals approach situations in a more positive frame of mind. Okay, so how do we, that's what cognitive restructuring is, but how do we actually use it? So I'm going to go through eight steps on how to use cognitive restructuring. So first of all, we can't do anything if we're not calm. So we definitely need to, in step one, calm ourselves down. If we're still really upset or distressed by thoughts um, that we want to explore, we're going to find it really hard to kind of, you know, concentrate on using this tool of cognitive restructuring. So first we want to do some like deep breathing, some meditation, some, you know, PMR, muscle relaxation or anything similar to that to help calm ourselves down if we are feel like in a state of particular or intense stress or, you know, feeling really, really upset. Then we get to step two. And in step two, we want to identify the situation. We want to kind of describe the situation that has triggered this mood. What has happened for us? If we're working with kids, we always try and, you know, encourage them to figure out the triggers to their moods. And it's no different to when, you know, you're working with yourself or with an adult. We need to figure out what the trigger was for that mood, because if we don't know what caused it, it's going to be really, really hard to alter our thoughts around it. And then from there, step three is analyzing the mood. So let's break it down. Let's write it down. Let's write down our mood or the different moods that we're feeling or the emotions that we're experiencing. Um, And, you know, that went on in that situation. Moods or emotions are fundamental feelings that we have, but they are not our thoughts on the situation. And remember, there is a big difference between our feelings and our thoughts. So it's really important to pull that apart and really understand the distinct difference between our negative thoughts and any emotions or moods that we may be experiencing. 
Then step four is where we identify our negative automatic thoughts. So here is where we want to write down the thoughts that we experienced when we felt the mood. So um, you may say something like, oh, no one even likes me. Um, Everyone is going to laugh at me when I give my presentation. No one was even listening when I gave the presentation. No one takes me seriously at work. Um, Oh, this this situation that went on has really undermined my possible future with this company, my growth at this company, or, oh my God, I'm such a failure. Anything like that would be an example of a distressing negative automatic thought. So it's a negative thought that results as a direct consequence of the situation and the mood that we're in. Um, So we really, really need to identify those before we change them. Then in step five is where we really need to kind of focus on finding supporting evidence that is objective. So what supports that thought and what goes against that thought? So you may think like, you know, if you think, oh my God, my that meeting went so badly, my future at this company, you know, is in jeopardy. You might think, look, like, yeah, look, they did identify a, an issue in something I raised, but it was one issue. There were 10 other things I did quite well. Um, or they may, you may think like, oh my God, like it really didn't seem like no one, anyone was listening to me, but you know, I was so focused on myself. I actually don't know whether anyone was listening. So our goal here is to look objectively and I really want to like bold and underline that word at what happened and write down specific evidence or comments or events that led to your automatic thoughts. So here you can, you may find a whole lot of negative, like evidence, sorry, that supports your negative thoughts, but you also may find evidence that goes against them or contradicts them. And it's kind of important to write down both. And I guess in saying that, uh, step five and six are kind of intertwined. So step five would be like finding that objective supporting evidence and step six would be finding that objective contradictory evidence. We really, really want to look at everything here, kind of like making a list. So then that takes us to step seven. In step seven, we really need to identify more realistic or more fair and balanced thoughts. So by this stage, we've looked at both sides of the situation. We've understood the for and against. um, And we have, by now, we really should have all the information we need to make a more fair, rational conclusion as to what happened. So if we're still feeling uncertain at this stage, it's probably important to discuss the situation with someone else or, um, you know, try and look for more evidence here. But sometimes talking about it with someone else can really, really help. And if you're looking for more evidence in any way, I often say like, I'm really good at giving other people advice, but I'm really, I find it really hard to listen to myself in these situations. So if you're struggling, think to yourself, okay, what would I say to a friend in this situation? What would their view on this be? You know, your best friend or your mum or anyone like that. And sometimes that can really help you or provide you with some clarity. So um, when it comes to having that balanced view, you may want to, um, you know, write down some more rational thoughts. You may want to write down things like, you know, in that report that I presented to the company, my analysis was really reasonable. It wasn't perfect, but no one's perfect. Um, Or, you know what I did, there was a little flaw there. There was a bit of an error, um, but that didn't affect my overall presentation. Or, um, you know, I'm actually really good at my job. I didn't get this far from being bad at this job. I am good at this job and everyone makes mistakes. So something like that um, would be 
examples of rational thoughts. And then finally, we get to step eight, which is monitoring our present mood. So you should now, by this point, have a really clearer understanding of the situation and you're more likely to find that your mood has improved. So it's important then to write down what your mood is or rate it out of 10. So I actually have an emotion timetable activity on my website that I use with teenagers, but this is awesome for adults too. I've done it a million times and it really encourages you to monitor your mood throughout the day. Um, And by writing it down, those patterns, mood patterns um, or emotion patterns become a lot more clear and it makes it easier to kind of reflect and modify um, as you go. So yeah, I definitely recommend writing down your mood or how your mood has changed or rating it out of 10, giving it a rating. Um, And then kind of reflect on what you could do about the situation in that balanced view. Um, So it may not be important anymore, but it may be important in future scenarios. And then maybe you can finish by like creating some positive affirmations um, about yourself and, you know, focusing on the positives about yourself because we've just spent a little bit of time, you know, focusing on a mistake or a negative situation. It's really important to, to, for your mindset and your mental health moving forward to kind of focus on some positives. Um, So you may say like, I am good at my job. I am worthy of this position. I'm respected in my company, stuff like that. So to summarize all of that, cognitive restructuring is really useful for understanding what lies underlies our negative feelings or our negative moods. And these may, those negative moods and feelings may undermine our performance or um, really impact our relationships with others. So it's important to use cognitive restructuring to work um, through those and, you know, for lack of a better phrase, get out the other side. So to summarize those points, We need to calm ourselves down, write down the situation that triggered the negative thoughts, identify the moods that we felt in that situation, write down the automatic thoughts you experienced when you felt the mood, Um, identify the evidence that supports those thoughts, identify the evidence that contradicts those thoughts. Then following all of that, it's time to identify balanced thoughts or more positive thoughts about the situation. And finally, rate your mood now in the present um, out of 10 or write it down and kind of decide what your next steps are in regards to positive mindset. So you can go through that process when you experience a negative mood or whenever you're feeling anxious or fear or apprehension or anything like that about a person, a situation, event, anything. And I just think there are some really simple steps that you can kind of work through and maybe you want to write them down in a little journal so that you have a little I don't know, cognitive restructuring journal that you can refer back to. Um, But yeah, I just really wanted to share that because it's all well and good to work with kids on this sort of stuff, but it's also equally as important for us as adults to focus on this sort of stuff. So I hope that was useful and I'll chat to you guys next time. See you later.